Welcome to We Think, We Talk, sponsored by Select Care Pharmacy, a pharmacy that is non-retail but that services the smallest of group homes to the largest of skilled nursing facilities with prompt attention and care and world-class customer service. All right, welcome back to We Think, We Talk. I have a great guest today, and uh, for 2022, really couldn't think of a better person to bring on um, to the podcast. Um, we've been friends now for a long time, and um, our guest is Mark Milstead with Assisted Living Locators. Um, he owns Assisted Living Locators out of Simpsonville, Greenville area, and you know his job is very a very hard job, without a shadow of a doubt. And Mark and I are going to share stories today because we've we've worked hand in hand with a lot of people, a lot of different situations, and bounce things off each other still. Um, but I appreciate you being here. Well, I appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, when you asked me to do this, I was thinking about that time we were sitting in your office and you said, we're going to have to write a book someday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is probably better than the book. I, you know. But you mentioned that on a sidebar note, truly, I am in the middle of writing a book. That's the truth. It, it's so hard, though, because of anonymity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I literally have started writing a book, and I would say I don't know where it's going to end. That's the thing. I don't have a – I didn't do the traditional book writing style, you know, like write the ending first. I literally start it, and, but I already do have the title, The Loneliest Man on Earth. Because it's going through all of my things that I could never t- tell or share. Like, we have stories. I know you and I have stories that we've seen with our own eyes, but we cannot share with the world. That's, but those stories themselves would be so impactful if we could. I've actually, you know, when we were talking right before we went on, I've had family members that have been on the show so I could share those stories. And that was pretty good because it was, it gave a direction of what we do is so difficult, but let's talk a minute. Let, let's talk a little bit about yourself and why what you do is so very difficult. Like I said, Mark is with assisted living locators out of Simpsonville. I mean, you can Google him, you can easily find him and I'm going to give all his information out certainly before the show's over, but Mark's and I'm going to let you speak on this Mark, but the reason I say his job is so difficult is because he has to he he has the responsibility of family members calling him when their loved ones are in need of finding some placement, basically. You know, whether it be an assisted living, long term care, whatever their needs may be. Mark has to go through that question and answer to death and really pinpoint what works for them. And to to make a family satisfied. And the transition into uh, whether it be assisted living or whether it be uh, memory care, skilled, that's a difficult thing to do. Uh, Well, ironically, uh, when somebody calls me like that, uh, and and this does not make any financial sense, but I usually, uh, first thing I tell them is take a breath, Mm -hmm. you know, they're calling me because they're in the middle of an emergency. And I usually tell them, take a breath, tell me the story. Yeah. There's some reason why you have called me. Something's happened. Uh, 
fill me in on the details. And uh, most of the time, I'll tell them, let's go a different direction for a minute get you some home care in there mm-hmm. so that you can make a good rational decision and not just jump into something that may not be the right fit. When people work off crisis, um, and we've all been there in our brain, you know, you're, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like a walking through the desert and all of a sudden, you know, you do truly come, it's not a mirage. You, you see a small puddle of water, you know, you would jump down and just quickly as fast as you can, drink that water into your mouth, which is going to turn into sand, and you not even realize it. But if you're in a situation where you're not dehydrated and you can pick the water of choice, you're going to be in a lot better position and and feel more comfortable with the water you chose. Does that make sense? That's exactly it. Um, you know, it, and a lot of you know, our listeners know, with my background being an administrator, obviously I've worked in communities that, that – Mark has been in. Uh, Mark has brought his clients uh, to tour. Even some clients of Mark's I have spoke to that were never going to be clients of mine um, just to help. But what I wanted to dig into more today with Mark, because Mark's a great guy. He, he, he has an ability that most people really can't quite grasp is he hears, when he listens to a family or listens to a concern or a problem they have, he's able to fill in the cracks that of information that they're not sharing at the time. So he knows where to go back and, and fill the concrete in the cracks and get the information that's best for the resident. But a lot of you that are listening obviously run assisted livings, memory care, skilled nursing facilities, independent livings. But Mark's picky. Um <laughs> And let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about why you tour communities and what you're looking for before you ever recommend a client. So um, for me, it's very personal. Yes. Um, we started this business because we went through this and realized that there was not a good set of standard information to help people that were looking for senior care, senior housing. And uh, because we went through it, we understood that there are a lot of pitfalls that you don't realize when you start looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I go into a community, I always approach a community as if I were going to place my mom or my dad here, what would I want to see? And what would I not want to see? Right. And um, when I started doing this, Mm -hmm. it was completely different because uh, what I thought I wanted to see isn't really what I wanted to see. No. And um, you helped me see a lot of that early on. Well, I appreciate that. We did. We became friends right when you came in. I mean, but I was curious. I was thinking— Truly last night, and I say this on every episode because I really do think hard about the show the night before. And as you'll see, the pattern with the show is it, everybody that I have on, I respect in in a way because I know them, I've worked with them, or I'm known of them. People have recommended them to me, you know, saying, hey, you know, this we really need this person on your show because it's good information. 
the question I wanted to ask you, because I haven't asked you this really, and we've talked, you know, here and there over the last, over 2021 for sure. And even, you know, I called and wish you a happy new year, but I haven't asked you this question from when you started to now, what do you wish you knew when you started? I wish I knew that when you walk into a community, it's not about the chandeliers. It's not about the beautiful building. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to go a little deeper. You have to go under the covers a bit and pull it back and see what the care is like. Mm. It's not about, you know, and as much as I love you as an administrator, sure. uh, you're the leader of the people that are actually taking care of the clients. Right. And so I want to talk to the caregivers. Exactly. I want to talk to the nurse. I want to talk to the maintenance guy. Some of my best tours have been from a maintenance guy because, number one, he knows every single resident mm -hmm. and he knows every single thing about the building. And, you know, those are great people to talk to. Um, you know, one thing, and not to, not to interrupt or throw a wrench, but, you know, I'm I, I, right now I can speak freely. It, if if somebody barricades you from speaking with the staff, even the residents out in the general common areas, and you're just being, you know, informal conversations, you know, you're not going deep or going into HIPAA violations with anybody, and you're trying to, and somebody's blocking you from that, that should be a huge flag. Something's wrong. Transparency, I think, is like 100% on the list. Like everybody in your community with Mark, especially, uh, believe me, I've walked through with him and it's like a bull in a China shop. Um, you know, you really need to have everybody prepared in your community to be uh, able to give a tour and able to speak on the community because I love Mark's approach because you will question everybody. You will make a point. I've seen you do it. I bought somebody across the room, an employee, and all of a sudden for no good reason, you beeline and in your head, you're going, let me just say hello see how their response is. Because I think you know that their response is going to be what your client sees, mm -hmm. the first impression. You know, so your first impression, what you're saying is not the front doors, not the chandelier. Your first impression is when you actually get to the back of the community and where things are actually happening, where people live. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's the beauty in what I get to do. Yes. Because, you know, I honestly feel like I'm blessed to be able to do this because – I can give insight to people that there's no way they could get on their own no. because you have to be in a community maybe 20 times before you really know the community. Yes. And you know how it works. I do. And, uh, I know what smoke and mirrors look like too. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, with your professionalism, the, the way you place people, I have to publicly respect because you do, you know, you hear that a lot. I would not do X, Y, or Z that I would not do for my own parents. You you hear that. That's mm -hmm. a common saying in our industry. But to watch somebody truly mean that and really, I'm talking about small things, not even large things. Uh, you're down to detail. And I love how even when you bring the family in, you feel comfortable enough to show the family that this is a possibility, this community, community A. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, this is the first, most of the time, it's the first rodeo that a family has been to 
in this situation and you've got them off panic mode now, but you got them on mark mode. That's what I call it. You will sit there with them and ask the tough questions to the marketing director or the administrator that they fail to ask because they don't know the questions. So you're still their advocate, even if you're sitting across from me and you're my friend. You still will ask the hard question, even if you know it's going to have to be an uncomfortable situation for me as an administrator, because you're not working for me. You're working for the client. Well, how, how tough is that? I mean, if, if you're a good administrator, you'll welcome those questions, even though they are a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, you'll welcome those. And, you know, the best thing, you know, in one of your old buildings, yes, I do this on a regular basis. We'll be walking around and I'll say, you know, take a look at that water fountain right there. That is not just a water fountain. No. The speed on that can be adjusted. Mm-hmm. The lighting on that can be adjusted. And it's so funny because the the marketing people will be just standing there thinking, uh, I don't know if he's telling the truth there. <laughs> right. But I know it's the but, truth but you because know I've the truth. seen it. You've seen it happen. You know, I... Your questions are really good. And see, what you do is a lot different than, you know, a lot of people that that listen. You know, me now, I get to be on the pharmacy side of things. I love that. You know, it's it's trying to tell somebody, hey, I really can help you. You just need to let me have the opportunity. That's a hard thing for somebody to do to, to give up the reins. Even with yourself, you're emotionally investing into that family. Let's talk about what it's like emotionally for you, because I know what it is for me. And I know how you get wrapped up in a situation, you know, trying to help. When you come home and you've literally toured, say, five communities that day for this resident and still hadn't came to a conclusion, working with the family, working with finances, you're like really their extended family member at this point. Do you ever just break down? Do you ever just like realize the gravity and the magnitude of what you're trying to do and help them and just have a moment like this is this is a lot? It's it's an incredible amount of pressure, but yeah. it's it's good pressure. Right. You know, I had stress in my corporate job mm-hmm. uh, years ago mm-hmm. that was really really stressful. Yes, uh, it's a different stress. It this is. is this is stress that you're dealing with somebody's life that cannot advocate for themselves, and their children want to do it. But maybe they just don't know. And so I have to be that person that directs them as gracefully and as easily as I can to the right decision. And sometimes there isn't a good or a great decision, but it still has to be made. Right. And those are the difficult ones. Those are the ones where uh, because of a financial situation Mm -hmm. or a – uh, need for care situation, uh, you can't give them the chandeliers and the and the nice fixtures. You have to give them a little less, but you still have to try and make sure that the quality of care is there. That's what I was going to ask you. Basically, expectations. Um, I know people that haven't been in assisted living, you know, skilled care. They come to you with some levels of expectations that are just, you know, be quite honest with you, aren't there. Um, They can't be met even if those expectations truly existed. It's fictional. Um, How do you 
or approach? Like what it what is what is the way you go about with a family taking their expectations and putting them to reality, put them to a realization of care? How do you do that smoothly? Because I know that that's a huge challenge. Yeah, you know, uh, and maybe this is a poor way to say it, but a lot of times. Uh, I'll just tell people, I'm sorry, I don't have a magic wand. Hmm. I cannot change what has built up for 20 years to get us to where we are today. All right. But what I can do is take what we've got, whatever it is we've got to work with today, and let's move forward in the best way we can. Right. For for the long term, mm-hmm. not for the next week or three weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um because in my opinion, the worst thing you can do for a senior is move them into a community and three months, move them to a different community right. or six months or a year, whatever it right. is. I um, agree. hundred percent. They need to, they need to find a home and stay in that home. Yes. Because, well, they're, they're aging in place at this point. And, you know, uh, with dementia, um, a lot of families begin to see that it starts spiraling. So it, it really doesn't stay at a plateau for long. It spirals and spirals. So a new environment can really disrupt more so than people would ever imagine. It's amazing how that really can offset somebody with dementia so bad that, that even their behaviors change to a point that the new community is like, this is nothing like you described. This person is completely not the person you said they were, but it was all because of a change of environment. I wanted to talk about one thing that I know me and you have worked together on. This is a fun one. Family dynamics. Oh, my. (laughs) Okay. So, and and I'm not going to go into detail about any of the situations that we've worked on. But, man, family dynamics single-handedly in your world and my world has to be the most challenging thing ever. I mean, literally, I've gotten my car before. We've been on conference call. You've been with me before. Working with families. And I, I would get in my car after an hour or two hour conversation with multiple family members trying to work together to make a decision. And I would get in my car and my head would be pounding. And I'd be shaking my head going, how can a family, which is supposed to consist of people that are similar, be absolutely, completely on all different pages? And you know, deep down, we're not going to get anybody on the same page here. And But we have a client or a resident that needs assistance. What do you do there? Because I'm curious. I am curious. What do you do there? Because I know it just drives me, and I'm going to be honest, it drives me insane. Because I really want to stand up and yell to the top of my lungs. What you're talking about is absolutely irrelevant to the care of this individual. Right. You're speaking of things that would not matter if this person was 100% healthy. Not this person now is in need of memory care or in need of a skilled situation. You're talking of things that that are just really a waste of time, but I can't do that. You know, we can't do that as professionals. Mm. We have to listen. What do you do when you reach that? Because I imagine that happens a lot in your world. It happens all the time. In fact, I was talking with a family member today Mm -hmm. on my way to a different meeting and, uh, you know, we were going over situations with her mom, and uh, I was concerned, and that's why I called her. And, you know, she didn't call me back right away. It was probably a week. But, 
she called me back and wanted to know what in the world, because this is a mom that I had placed a year ago. Right. And, uh, she's had some difficulties lately. I've noticed she's losing weight when I go into visit and, uh, the daughter is removed. She doesn't live close, mm. but she's the person making the decisions. And so I just wanted to touch base with her and let her know what I saw. All right. And to see if she was understanding the same scenario, because sometimes the community will paint a different picture than what's actually there. Absolutely. And I wanted to make sure she knew exactly what I was seeing when I went in to visit, because I do that all the time. Uh, when a client of mine makes it to a community, that's not the end. That's the beginning. No, I, I know that firsthand. And that's you stay with that client. And one thing that impresses me and I'll say it because I know you won't, I, I know how pay structure works for your company. You don't continue to get paid every month that that person's in that community. I mean, you have clients that you stick with. I mean, when you say you're with that client, you're their advocate and you know, you're dealing with, with concerns today that, you've not been paid for and nor will you ever be. Um, that is, that is not assisted living locators. That's Mark Milstad. Right. That's the individual behind the name. And I, I truly believe just like a community, like you said, it's not about the brick and mortar per se. Anytime you see, you can see a name of a placement agency. That's great. The name may be great and, and, and they could have hundreds of thousands of dollars in advertising. But if that person behind the name doesn't have the convictions to stick with what they say they're going to do, it's just mud. And I mean, it's, it's just in the water. It's no good. I heard something yesterday that made me think of what you do. Um, you know, a tree with soil grows, right? A tree out of soil dies, but soil is still soil, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the same thing with everything else, you know, uh, a fish in water is a fish, a fish out of water shrivels up to nothing, but the water is still water, right? Mm -hmm. A client without an advocate becomes nothing, right? And you stick behind your clients, like their well-being. And one thing I like that is hard on the community, but, you know, and, and, and this sounds bad, me saying this from a community perspective. You keep your communities in check because just because they met your criteria for placement today, if you see something slipping, let's say seven months, eight months down the road, you'll bring that to the administrator in a heartbeat. Because you want continuity for that resident and what you saw from day one, you want to see in day 254. How do you manage the relationships with your administrators and your directors of nursing and your staff when there is a concern or you see something lacking in a community? So um, I've had this discussion more times than I want to admit. I bet. Um, but uh, it usually starts out something like this, you know. One of my jobs is to open the front door yes, and bring you clients. Yes. But probably my bigger job is to close the back door when I see a problem. Yes. And if I see a problem and don't go to the administrator or the marketing director or even the maintenance guy, mm -hmm. 
and let them know because they may not know anything's going on. And I see that a lot. Good point. Family members get very upset over, uh, I'll just give a for instance, yeah. uh, seeing their loved one eating with plastic utensils. Yes. During COVID. Right. That happened a lot. And family members don't understand that, no. why they do that. But they just walk into the building and they they look at how much they're spending a month. Mm-hmm. And they see their loved one eating with plastic utensils and think, what am I paying for? Mm-hmm. And they they don't call the community. They call me. Yes, absolutely. So then my job is to go in and say, is there anything that we can do? Can we sterilize the the real silverware? You know, can we run it through the dishwasher twice? Is there anything we can do to make this better and still fall within the DHEC guidelines? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing how many communities don't know there's a problem. Right. And as an administrator all my life, I can admit that having someone that is an advocate, such as your chef for the resident, I appreciated having you or people like yourself come to me and tell me because as an administrator, we have a million things happening. Uh, It can be staffing. Lord knows through the pandemic, all the rules changed from day to day. I mean, really, we were trying to keep our residents safe, secure, healthy, and staff safe, secure, healthy, our own families. And you had federal legislation, you had state legislation, you had numbers being thrown. I mean, it became a jigsaw puzzle. Imagine somebody taking three puzzle sets and dumping them all at the table. And then you had to, like, the first, before you even start putting a puzzle together, you had to separate all the pieces for each puzzle. That's what it felt like to me. It was that confusing of a time. But... Still, though, the reason I got involved and did this as a career is the love and care I have for the resident. So, but unfortunately, you know, when I was born, God chose to make me not omnificent. I wasn't all-knowing. Really? Oh, yeah. I believe, I mean, (laughs) shockingly, I I think I know a lot, but I couldn't know everything. So, and and I didn't get that cool sci-fi third eye. You know, I wish I'd have had or the back of the head and staff, even the best staff in the world, they don't have time to tell you every small little detail. So when someone like Mark is an advocate and he knows that you care about the community that you're running, he'll come and drop that line off to you. Hey, something's going on room four. Or you may want to check on this. Or did you know? Just simple drop of suggestions. And I can honestly say I appreciated that very much because that way I could take the information. I could inspect it myself. I could talk with maintenance or or food service or housekeeping or director of nursing, wherever I need to go with that and get a conclusion. Because I can assure you, and, and I say this to a lot of, I'm saying this, to a lot of new administrators that will be listening to this, that have not done this for years and years. Believe me, you'd rather have Mark come tell you than have a family member call you on a Saturday at 3 o'clock and tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a completely different feeling. Mark's telling you, heads up, let's make this right, because he's doing it for not only your benefit, he's doing it for his client. 
a family member is not understanding it at 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon or 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. It doesn't matter. You get the phone calls an administrator, oh, and this may be an issue that that needs, you know, there, I'll, br- I'll bring an example to the table. I remember, and I, I don't remember specifically, Mark, what it was, but you had brought a concern to me. And normally you would just leave the concern with me and let me handle it. I remember with with whatever it was, I mean, it, it, this was not a life-threatening concern, but it was something that I was like, no, no, stay. And I called several people to come in my office and I even had you in there troubleshooting how to fix this. And whatever it was, I remember we 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 did. We came up with a good solution that we all could agree on that worked for the resident and if it works for one resident, it works for every resident. That's the good part about having you communicate because if you see the problem, it's probably not only affecting your client, it's affecting many other residents. But I can remember that specifically, and you're kind of like, what are you getting me into? <laughs> but but it was needed because your point of view, I remember how you expressed it. I couldn't. So that's why I had kept you there that day. And you were looking at your watch like, I got somewhere to be. I'm like, nope, we're going to get down to this right now, but you got to run your company and you've got to take it. You've got to take the, not criticism, but the good advice that, that Mark sees in a community, because I can assure you if Mark sees it, he's not bringing you futile issues. He's bringing things that are going to be noticed or become much, much larger. So this is an easy fix when he comes to you. So it's funny because I remember the first time that I came to you with something mm-hmm. and I was standing outside of the community and I was thinking, this is so trivial. Do I even want to say anything? And it was about the cars. Oh, yes. I remember. And, you know. Everybody parked in the back. Yeah. Everybody was parking in the back. Well, like nobody was parked up front. And my clients were saying, oh, I thought that place was closed. There's never <laughs> yes, anybody I around. Did. I remember. And I remember going in there and saying, Andy, we got to get some cars parked out front. You know, right? doesn't matter if we, you know, have a car lot, drop off some right. cars or whatever. That's exactly what you said. But we need something that makes this place look lived in. Right. Because we had residents in there, but everybody literally parked in the back. So very few cars were up front. And you're absolutely correct. But I didn't find it trivial. Did I? No. And what did we do? Everybody started parking in the front. You see, so things that, you know, and you you had to think about it. Do I even bring this up? Mm-hmm. But it was huge because, like I said, there is no, I told, matter of fact, I told Lori on the way, my wife, driving here this morning, we were talking about something. And I do remember telling her, I said, you know, it's better to have, even if you have a problem that you don't have the solution for, if you have a good friend to be able to tell that problem to, I know they're not going to have a solution right away, but it's really good because two heads are always better than one. Even if you never come up with an answer, I know I'd rather have it stretched out there. I told um, Jerry Caitlin, which you know very well, uh, one of our episodes, very beginning when we started doing this podcast, one thing that I've done and and I'll tell you this up front now. This is a true statement for me. 
I always say this in most of our podcasts, but and I think everybody should do this if you don't, but everybody should have a board of directors. Now, I have a board of directors. They just don't know they're on my board, right? <laughs> okay. And it's it's a group of people that have have information. They specialize in personalities are all different in many different areas that I will need help in in, in my career. Um, you're on that board for sure. Uh, just because of your your ability to to think, problem shoot. You don't mind jumping into a situation or rewiring a truck for Renee, your wife, and <laughs> for no reason. You know, it's cool stuff like that, but you have to respect that um, because I don't think one person can do this alone. So when you're looking for a community for a specific resident, community involvement is critical, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. And that's why you'll never hear me uh, refer to one of my communities as a facility mm-hmm. because it's definitely not about the building. No. And it takes every single person there to make that community run. And many times it's the person furthest down on the totem pole mm-hmm. that has the most impact on the client. Let's talk about that. People forget when, and I say this to, to investors all the time, to people looking to open a long-term healthcare facility. Believe me, I have phone calls all the time from from people going, look, you know, we know you know the area. Andy, what do you think? We're thinking about investing in, in, in doing this. That's great, the ideas that people come up with. But if you your first idea on that community, if it's not care based, you better stop instantly and get a team in there to develop that community, starting with care protocol first. Mm-hmm. Then the very last thing on the list is what kind of doorknobs you have. Right. Um, I don't think that was realized for many years. Because when I started this, assisted living was the concept. This is the truth. Uh, it, it, the 6184 DHEC manual was a few pages, all right? So I'm not aging myself because, you know, as you as you call me young man, we'll keep that. But young fella, excuse me. But the reality of it is our expectations and needs of our clients have changed now. What used to be considered, you know, I'm going to grow old and go to the nursing home. And that thought process no longer exists. The people that are now, that you're placing now, tell me what it, what their homes look like they come from. Is it look like a, what we would consider stereotypical old person home? Or do they have advancement in technology now in their life? Are they used to certain you know, a certain lifestyle, is it, how different is it? So it's, it's funny because, uh, the children often have a different expectation for what a building should look like. Mm -hmm. That's diametrically opposed to what the senior is looking for Mm -hmm. because the children want the marble countertops, the chandeliers, because in their mind, 
they're saying that shows my love for my parent. Right. But the parent, on the other hand, is saying, I want someplace that feels like home. Yes. I don't care about a chandelier. Right. I want a rocking chair, an unpadded rocking chair, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so trying to bring those two worlds together, there's so many options in the upstate of South Carolina that mm-hmm. it's easy to bring those options together. Right. It's more difficult to help the children see that maybe that's not as important to your mom or your dad as it is to you. You know, the harshest thing I've ever said to somebody, and I really feel bad about this to this day because this is not, this is not who I am, but I did have a family member one time. This was many years ago. And I knew that I had the core plan in place that we could easily take care of their family member and their family member. They were at the beginning stages of dementia and, and very pleasant and, I had been out to the house because, uh, you know me, I took it personally. I would go do personally do assessments. I would see, I w- not only on the patient, I would want to see their environment. Very important for me to know, you know, everything that I could possibly gather, all the information. You know, you can't get too much information. But I had done all this. So I was very convinced that what I had to offer at the time would be perfect for the client. Okay. And I remember getting on conversation with a family member and they're like, well, we just don't know. And this was, like I said, a long time ago in a community that I had that there was nothing fancy about this particular community. There weren't the big chandeliers and there weren't the big fireplaces and X, Y, Z. And the family member said, but, you know, I toured this building and it had this and it had that. And we started naming everything that we didn't have. And I, I literally stopped them on the telephone, interrupted them, which I don't do normally. And I said, I did not know that your parent lived at the Biltmore house before you started looking. <laughs> oh, you could hear silence. And I mean, they weren't happy with me, but what they were telling me that they expected, I had been to their parents' house. Their parents would not have felt comfortable. Their parents did not even have that in the current situation. So the meeting the expectations, like we were speaking about, I find it funny that people do, when they want to show the love, grandiose is how they want to show it. It's kind of like, you know, uh, a commercial's out now. I think it's funny commercial. A lady finally is like, here, have another piece of lasagna. I made it with love. And it goes on and on and on. Uh And somebody realized somebody's actually been pushing food on me, you know, all these years. That's why I'm chubby, you know, which is probably true. I know a lot of people do show love with food and stuff, especially here in the South. You know, anything Mm -hmm. happens, people bring food, right? But you touched on it, and and family members really, really need to understand that the life that mom and dad had, if you were to put them in that grandiose hall that that want to show with love, they would feel so drafty and cold and remote. And they would probably be scared. I mean, I I remember— Sitting, and you've done the same. I've I've seen you do it in a cozy environment, sitting in a hardback chair beside a resident for six or seven hours to make them feel comfortable during the change. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't home, even though we tried to make it homey and cozy. I, can you imagine if we fulfilled the wishes of what we what the family thinks love is? Right. That would be really a scary thing. Um, now. When you go about, you know, family members call you for everything, and they're all financial 
you, you get all the phone calls from people that have millions of dollars, people that truly don't have a dollar. And, you know, you have to work through all that. And that's very difficult. And in the upstate, we have a great selection of places, um, it, really all different levels of income. You know, unfortunately, uh, I think there aren't as many low income places as we need. Um, but but private health care is so very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't even pretend to dance around that. It's very, very expensive and it's not going down. Uh, and you know, it, it can be competitive and I think that's a good thing, but healthcare is expensive and the cost of now, you know, having the proper staff that you want is not getting cheaper. How do you, and this is sort of stays on the same topic, but it just, this is, this is what gets me. There are so, com- so many communities out there, but a lot of those communities you will not refer to. Right. And it's because of something, whether it be care, whether it be operations, you know, we've talked about this. How do you tell your clients that, because, you know, I'm sure they bring up, you know, hey, what about this community? Do you just, are you just blunt, honest with uh, them? Usually I am. Maybe I shouldn't be. Right. But uh, I wish I had a dollar for every time that I've told somebody, uh, you know, I realize this community is within your budget, but I wouldn't let my dog stay there. Right. And that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Those, those communities should not exist. Yeah. Um, do I believe there should be budget-friendly communities where people can get good quality of care? Absolutely. Do I feel like you should sacrifice the quality of care because you can't afford it? Absolutely not. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we uh, started this yeah. new organization. This is what we wanted to definitely talk about, get into. Let's let, let let's talk about the new organization a little bit. And and I've got a paper in front of me because I know everything about Mark, but I can't just speak on this. But uh, I heard a little bit about this yesterday when we were at a meet and greet, um, which was really, that was a good one yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, that that was. It was good to see everybody again. It has not been that way for a while. Uh, but it's it's basically, t- t- will you tell us? Tell us about the organization because I, I like this concept. I'm going to say this. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Okay. And I know you're speaking because uh, you actually had to break away. I had to, I had to pull him. I, I said, no, you can find time today because uh, <laughs> Mark's a busy guy. But. Tell us about the organization, because you were telling me about this, and I think this is a, a tremendous thing to do. So when I first came to Greenville, mm-hmm. I realized real quickly there were people in the industry that moved from job to job to job to job. Right. And for no apparent reason. And then I realized there are people that stayed put, and uh, they didn't have – the best job. They had a lot of stress. They had a lot of pressure, hmm. but they were there every <laughs> single day. I knew I could call them and I knew I could call them after hours. And, uh, I started, I, I thought, you know, if we could get a group of these people together mm-hmm. that really care about the senior before the dollar, it would be an awesome group. So, uh, and this is this didn't happen overnight. This has been several years in the making. Um, but 
we now have a group that we have formed and we call it the Servant Heart Alliance. See, that's awesome. Because if you don't have a servant's heart, uh, it's probably not the right group for you. Right. And uh, so we are dedicated to just bringing educational information to seniors and their families. And and one thing you told me that resonated that I love because a servant's heart is you're not letting this isn't a sales pitch presentation. This isn't a marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. This is really a servant's heart. This is really you helping the community with no, with asking for nothing, right? In return, um, and that's why I told you. I said, Mark, you got to be on my show. I feel like our platform is very similar. Mm-hmm. I need. It's not that I need. It's it's. I feel like in my own personal belief that I was led into doing what I have done as a career and every step that I've took was for a new challenge or whatever reason. And with having this platform, this table, and literally you and I are sitting at a table having a conversation to let people know, Hey, we've walked down that path. Don't do this what we can do that's better for a family member or better for the resident. And we truly are, I'm I'm not asking, you know, I promise you nothing or, or, you know, I didn't even promise you lunch to come, but I'm, but I knew your information would be valuable. Now, is this servant's heart what you're doing? Yeah, that's tremendous because this, how many people, um, because I'm looking at this paper and we talked about this yesterday, but, but you're speaking, um, I know. There's five companies right now right. involved with this. Right. And I, I well, and I, I definitely want to say, well, tell, tell us about when you're speaking, because I know that there's on the, I know I see February the 21st, 1 to 2 o'clock that, that you're speaking, that making lemons in the lemonade. Right. Um, which I totally am going to be there for that. <laughs> Because no, I I love your thought process. Like I truly, I do. It's very good because I know the background you come from before you ever got into healthcare, and so it's so precision based that you're you're really going to talk about you know important things. Like even I look, well, I say that and didn't even read the word. You know, importance of a plan, options, and cost availability, and when is the right time to move. Well. You've learned those things. This isn't something that a textbook has taught you. You literally jumped into this because you went through it. And those answers, you know, I think are honest. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to give them from an honest place. So I think that's why the service heart, it's a good organization. Um, people need to hear the truth. And with this podcast, it's it's all about the truth. Right. I, I don't I don't muffle that. It, I don't bring up names a lot, like we're talking about communities you don't recommend, but I don't have to because they know who they are. Right. And, you know, I understand that everybody has a budget and everybody has, but you can't put up the smoke and mirrors and pretend because you either can give the level of care that needs to be given or you can't. Um, 
that's a tough one. And I like you being out here in our world, guiding people to the correct place, not from a commercial, not from a billboard or a major organization saying, call us, we have the answers when we know that the real answer is they send out 550 different emails and we'll play somebody at whoever will accept them. That's not care. No. Care is literally, you've done the legwork. You've dug, and, and actually, I'd hate to see your friends list because you've made friends with so many people that I've talked to, administrators, nursing. You know names of people that just is shocking. You're like, well, if you go over here, you can talk to so-and-so. That shows that you've been in those buildings, having a relationship with those folks, and that makes me secure. So a family, if if you know, a lot of folks don't know you exist, um, you know, because this is their first time. They they really need to um because I know that you've done the legwork to make sure who you place um is gonna get the very best of care and the follow-up that you give is absolutely the very best. Um so I want to make sure people have your number, and let's get that out there. Um, once again, I'm going to say it for you. It's it's Mark Milstad. It's Assisted Living Locators. Uh, share numbers and ways that people can get in touch with you, Mark. So you can contact me anytime. I always tell people I don't have off hours. No, so you don't. Anytime you want to call, and my number is 864 900 2525. If you call that number uh, and I don't pick it up, it'll immediately forward to my cell phone. If I don't pick it up, I'm with a client because the clients come first. That's right. That's right. And always, as I say, you can always, if you have a question for Mark, um, but you know, it's just a question or you don't feel comfortable quite yet, feel free. You know, it's always Andy at selectcarerx.com as usual with your questions or comments, uh, always feel free to write me uh, with any questions that maybe we didn't go over as we were talking about on the show. Um, because really, to be honest with you, it's, it's if I had four hours, I could sit here and talk to Mark for four or five hours about just going into detail about everything. But I really want to sum it up with this, you know, because I, well, I always, you know, want to thank, too, at the end of every show, uh, Sit and Spin Studios, uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, for the job that they do. that They do a wonderful job helping me get this podcast out to everybody, uh, as well as Select Care Pharmacy, you know, sponsoring the show. To to offer a platform is awesome. So, you mm-hmm. know, give thanks where it's due. But, but it's really important. If you're at a community and you haven't met Mark or you're a family right now that you're thinking and looking and figuring out mom or dad or brother, sister, aunt, uncle, Either both sides of the fence, you know, at the at the community level or at, at the family level, give Mark a call. Reach out to him because regardless if he, be, you know, you become a client of Mark's or not, he will not just let information go and, and you left alone. You'll get a telephone call back. He will steer you in the right direction and give you the real information. And that's the key word here. He will give you real talk. Right. And 
you know, unfortunately, people in his position or or more financially motivated sometimes, and I I don't like that. That I like the fact that he's going to tell you it, it may not be what you want to hear. It may not be sure. Absolutely, Mark is not a yes person. Mark is a realist. He will do everything within his power and everything within his contact list, like I was talking about, because you know everybody. He will not steer you somewhere that that he would not steer his own family, and that is 100% true. So, you know, Mark, once again, thank you for being on the show, taking the time today. Uh, I know you're in the middle of something else, literally right down the street. He's literally putting this together. Um, servant, A Servant's Heart Alliance, um, I would definitely keep, keep that in mind. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. I think there are going to be more speaking engagements than you can feel. Um, I know you got a guy over here that can talk. I can help you out <laughs> with that uh, because I like that idea of just speaking on something. Uh, obviously, I do this show because I like to talk. But but truthfully, if if you have not or you're in need of information, you have a family member and you're not sure of when is the right time, how to go about it, even – what area to look in because sometimes you know you have family members stretched out everywhere and and, and location is the biggest issue so everybody can have access to mom dad aunt uncle grandmother whoever the loved one is give mark a call um he will guide you down the right road and like i said uh he'll become such a trusted friend to you he'll you'll make him your board on your board of advisors i mean um I call him about electrical issues. Matter of fact, his wife told him to call me about electrical issues that she <laughs> sees. Uh, but no, and, and Renee, your wife, she, she definitely works with you through this. And uh, she has a servant's heart as well. I mean, just extremely good group of folks here. And the, his company is, he runs it himself. I mean, he doesn't have 1,200 people running the company for him. Nope. He's running his company, and so he knows what's happening day to day because he's the guy that you'll talk to. So once again, thank you for your time, Mark. Assisted Living Locators, Mark Milstad in the Simpsonville, Greenville area. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that for information or placement. Once again, I appreciate everybody listening to the show. I hope the information we're, we're able to provide today um, really uh, helped you, uh, gave you some good insight and uh, maybe what to look for, what not to look for, kind of behind the scenes. I wish we had more time, but until next episode, God bless. Thank you for listening to We Think, We Talk. All information discussed on this show is for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your medical or healthcare professional for more medical advice.